Hey everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment, aka the Ace. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Oh, that voice was different. He's been putting a different thing. That, <laughs> that did not sound like an alien who was greeting citizens for the first time. You're right. I'll work on it. That that was more. I don't know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Like Sly Trickster, who's going to play a prank on the mayor or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking like friendly computer voice. Okay. Greetings, yeah. citizens. Well, That's too robotic. <laughs> to the ship where the sex room <laughs> will be in session. Yes, we're going to talk about a movie called High Life, which is a recent film. Uh, it's, it's just out recently, but it was out at a bunch of festivals in 2018, so it's technically counted as a 2018 movie. I hate this. I think it should only count from when it's made available to the public en masse. I don't think festivals mm-hmm. should count for the release year, but that's a whole rant I can I can do anytime. Um, so <laughs> we're going to talk about High, uh, High Life, which is a Robert Pattinson, Juliette Binoche science fiction film. I mean, obviously it's a sci-fi movie podcast. I don't know if I explained that at the start. We talk about sci-fi <laughs> movies on this show. Um, it's directed by Claire Dennis, and this is, or Denise, and this is... Um, uh, film will obviously start off spoiler free we'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers and yeah we'll go from there and the premise of this film I'll try my best here uh, we're on a ship, we're on a, a small spaceship with Robert Pattinson and he's alone with a baby uh, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of backstory and the film kind of jumps back and forth in time to explain why he's on this ship, who he's on the ship with, why the baby's here and it's a very art house film. It's not like a like a mainstream, you know, average Joe's going to enjoy the space adventure that, that happens here. It is an art house film with lots of long, slow burn moody takes. There's a lot of eroticism in the themes. There's a lot of themes of life and death, the the meaning of life's, you know, uh, all, all these kind of things. Uh, there's definitely, you know, little tidbits of like 2001 inspiration in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost in some ways feels like the antithesis to Interstellar. Where Interstellar was, you know, love saves all. This is like, no, we're screwed no matter what. Um, and that's just the, the fact of it. This is a lot more cold and, uh, dare I say, hard. Uh, no pun intended. Um, there's going to be a lot of sex jokes in this one, guys. You, you better brace yourselves. Put the yeah, kids how to long bed. do we have to wait for spoilers to, to say why? <laughs> I think specifically, yes. We'll just say there's a lot okay. of erotic themes in this. Um Okay, yeah, that's good. But yes, Tara, did you did you enjoy High Life? I think so. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Some movies I I walk out, especially like real art house films. I walk out and I have to think about it for a little bit and go, "Did I like that, or is it just too much?" Yes. Is it pretentious, you know, pish that doesn't really actually mm-hmm. have as much depth as it thinks it does? Or is, is or am I just not, do I have to think about it, maybe see it twice? Think about the themes, think about what's going on, think about what's happening. Um, yeah. And, and enjoy it in that. I'll figure it out by the time we have to rate it. Sure. <laughs> I think you should see it if you're just wondering. I think it should be seen. Unless your favorite film is Shrek 2. In which case, probably skip it. <laughs> yeah, but if you're watching or listening to a sci-fi movie podcast, I think you should see it. Oh, they're just here for the raw sex appeal. So I'm not exactly sure, but I'm hoping through our conversation I can make come to a decision on whether or not I like this movie. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Do you, do you know how hard it is for me to fight all the sex jokes? Every, almost everything you've said, I'm like, I can turn this into a sex joke. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be that juvenile. I'm not going to be that juvenile. Don't do it. We're going we're gonna... to... Save it for spoilers. I'll save it for spoilers. I I, I don't know how I feel. <laughs> like, I, there's things... So you're that, in the same boat as me, huh? There's, there's things I like about it. There's some things that I think don't work. There's, there's things that I, I think are just kind of left you know, wishy-washy. And I think one of the problems is is that I've seen maybe some other films do some of this better. Okay. Yeah, you're still there. I wasn't sure if you you dropped out the call or if you're just frozen. Frozen's okay. <laughs> you're still there. Um, 
Excellent. I look so good. <laughs> here's here's a movie I'm going to compare it to. One that you know we may we, we may one day day do on the show. Um, this movie, as much as I think you could compare it to 2001 for some obvious reasons, and I think there's some similarities in some places mm-hmm. that you could do. Yeah, but, I wrote down two films that it reminded me of. I'm sure you're going to say one of them. Joe, you know I would compare it to more than anything else. Mm. Under the skin. Oh, never mind. I didn't write that down. That's an odd choice, though. I don't see it. <laughs> Explain. Well, I mean, maybe I can't until I get to spoilers properly, but I will okay. say the general feeling that it's going for, uh, the what it's saying about humanity, and then ultimately kind of the ending, it reminded me a lot of how that movie ends. And kind of just this like acceptance of, of who we are, and then just kind of, you know. Okay. I can see the tone of it being kind of similar mm-hmm. where it's it is very engaging even though it's very slow. I, I, I think... There's something about it that's very beautiful still when you're watching it. It's probably oh, yeah. just cuz of the art house feeling. I um, think thematically there's definitely some you know cuz under the skin also explores sex, it explores intimacy, it explores mm-hmm. what makes us human. These are all key themes in this movie. Um yeah. And I think, um, you know, you know, in- instead of like, you know, because under the skin, Scarlett Johansson's an alien who kind of learns about humanity. I think this is more about someone who's given up humanity, who kind of maybe reconnects with it by by the end okay. of the story. Um, so I, I think I wrote down awesome. for similarities. I thought of Moon for the tone, okay, and for the pacing, and I thought of Sunshine for the overall story. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, just just in a, a plot sense. Even even though I think, um, th- in terms of feeling, I think you're closer with Moon and the, the other ones that yeah. I've said. Uh, Joe, I think the problem is though with this movie is I think everyone we've mentioned is probably better than this. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. Uh, and that that kind of hurts it because I was like, because because the movie started it's in one six sixty one, so it's just, you know it's, it's not a common ratio anymore. Uh, if you're watching on a 16 by 9 TV, you're getting sort of thin black bars at the sides. Not the full ones for 4 by 3 but just the thin ones. Um, and immediately I was like, oh, this looks like a shot in film. It had this look to it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of I like how this looks. And I, I got kind of excited. I was like, oh, I think mm-hmm. I really like, I'm going to like this movie. Um, and it didn't necessarily just go in the places that I thought it was going to go in. It did some weird things that I didn't see coming. I, 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 did, I had no idea how much nope. sex stuff was in this movie. I had no idea about various other things. Um and I think ultimately by the end, I think it's a little bit muddied up in its own heart house qualities. Like, I think something under the skin, which I compare it to again because that's a very art house film. You know, whereas Moon, I think, isn't really art house. I think Moon is actually, it's got the themes and it's got, it has the effect of an art house movie, but I think Moon's very yeah. accessible in what it's doing. Yeah. Uh, I think Under the Skin's a full on art house movie. It's one that, like, Matt hated, right? Because Matt doesn't like art house. <laughs> but I think that movie. <sighs> Is very clear in what it's doing by the end, and I think like every scene, like you understand the simple A to B, what's going on in it, and you feel this sense of like tension the entire time. Um, this movie, I have no idea the motivations of some of the characters. I especially Juliette Binoche's character, I have no idea what's driving her. No yeah. idea. Me neither. Other than maybe she's just crazy. Like, is that? I don't know if that's satisfying in this movie because it's like that can work if it's just like a villain and like a I don't know. You get a little bit of her backstory, which I won't mention now, but like, mm. and it I think that's meant to explain some of it, but um, I couldn't really piece it together. I couldn't make that connection just from what they had given me. Yeah, that's, I think that's probably my biggest problem with it is that I don't understand her motivations, and it's kind of hard to kind of go with what she's what she's doing. And then there's, there's a lot of things like I felt like. There was an interesting design to the ship. I kind of liked how it felt lo-fi, like it was from the seventies. It looked really old. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of cool. I liked the way it looked. Even like the the suits that they wore looked like they were not mm. space worthy. <laughs> yeah, they did look down and dirty. Um, yeah. The one thing all I the didn't colors like, were very seventies too, like very drab, yeah, muted yeah. oranges and yellows. I liked that a lot. What mm-hmm. I didn't like though, and I get that this is not the film's main concern. There's just a couple of physics things that I wish they'd like, like yeah. Because at one point he's throw, he's throwing things out the airlock and they're falling down almost as if there's gravity. Yeah. And I'm like, but why? 
<laughs> like just because because the sh- yeah it didn't really make sense to, i i noticed that right away too like that's not how space works yeah, and, it's like, and there's no there's never like any stars when you actually see space mm. but that could be because of where they are it could be yeah um and because because the, the shot that it leads up to um where all the things he's thrown out are like sort of floating by and the, the title comes up like you can still have that effect it's just that this you know instead of going down the way he's just he's pushed the things out and they're just going that way so the camera's just yeah. up above like the, the 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 direction doesn't matter in space as long as it all going the same yeah. way you can still have that shot <laughs> yeah that's true i i guess maybe it's because there is artificial gravity on the ship that maybe it extends a little bit outward from the ship but that that is a I severe case of head cannon if i ever heard one yeah <laughs> So because a head cannon. And yeah, my mind kind of went there just to to try to make sense of it in the moment because it's I mean, it's made today. <laughs> they should be able to make that scene work. Yeah, I th- I think it's one of those things where like I'll forgive a lot in space, like, you know, people who work at NASA, right? They watch Gravity and they're like tearing it apart of how it doesn't work. But for the most what? part to our la- us layman <laughs> selves, we're like, oh, yeah, this, pretty- this is this is good enough. Right? This is close enough. But yeah. the simple idea of just like like falling down in space, we know that's bullshit. Like, I, like Star Wars: The Last Jedi pissed me off within the first like five minutes because they had bombers dropping bombs down the way, and I'm like, no, it's space. Okay, well, first of all, they didn't drop bombs; they were on like a, a track. So in in space, there's a thing called inertia. So if you, know if it inertia. goes at a certain don't, speed, don't, it'll don't keep going. Because nothing me. will stop it. <laughs> don't you patronize me? I'm gonna defend the last Jedi. It's there, a masterpiece. There is no, there is no indication <laughs> that they were propelling those things in that scene. That what they needed was little thrusters or something to to really set it off. They were on a track. They were being pushed into space, and then they would keep going with the momentum. I see you scowling at me. <laughs> Where's your bit of paper? Come on, you're all orange. You looked all trumped. Let's not do that. No. <laughs> the sex appeal goes right out the window if you're all orange. <laughs> but now I'm ginger. Oompa, loompa, doobidi-doo. Um, that was a that was an orange. Oompa loompas were orange, right? I'm not just making that up in my head. Yeah, they were orange. Yeah. They had green hair. Yes, yes. <laughs> they um, sang a song that was very easy to get stuck in your head. So thanks. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. So, so, so it's a questionable physics, but that's fine. It's not really. It's clearly not what the movie's concerned about, and that's fine. That one just bugged me because it's so basic. It's like when I watch Superman four and they're talking <laughs> in space, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Or in fact, not only just talking, at one point someone like a human being is breathing in space, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I still kind of like Superman four. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Can you just repeat that last statement again? Because I want to use this against you every time you give me shit for liking something. I want to. I like Nuclear Man. You like Nuclear Man. I do. God damn, what's going on with my camera? My camera is even rejecting me right it's re- now. It's rebelling. It's saying you like nuclear man. <laughs> you, you, you crazy bitch. No, you, you yeah. don't get to be on camera. <laughs> That's what it's saying. <laughs> I liked his nails. I mean, I liked it when I was a kid, and I don't think it's as bad as people say. Do you? Okay, did you not just hear me talking and breathing in space? Also, on top of that, at one point, they add a power for Superman where he rebuilds the Great Wall of China with his eyes. Can we just, you know... He looks at... Oh, is that not a thing in the comics? No! (laughs) Alright, this isn't a a Star Wars or Superman (laughs) discussion. This is about high life. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. Oh. We need to get spoilers already. You, you, you were like two seconds away there from like doing the voice like, oh, that wasn't a thing in the comics? Like, <laughs> like as if you're not a nerd. I see through the facade. I see through it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. Uh, and he's taking care of a baby. He's on his own. He's got a little garden on the ship. And 
He's you know he's making. I'm, I'm, as a vegan, I'm sure you love the fact that he was making like an all vegetable soup. Um, Ooh, that garden looks so delicious. Uh-huh. Yes. Those root vegetables. <laughs> I do well on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Either. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot of other elements on this ship we have to take into account here, Tara. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, uh, just to wrap up before we go into spoiler, I feel like the rest of the plot is just fill on spoiler territory. But um, it's like it's an interesting film. There's definitely some. I, I think the pacing suffers in places, um, and I don't think it it's is. Like, see when it's making its points, when it's doing its big climatic scenes and stuff like that, I don't think it quite lands in the way that it wants to land. I, th- I think it feels oddly low-key. Yeah. Yeah, some of it, I just feel like I'm missing some information in order to make it click. Yeah, it's not quite clicking, you're right. And it, there's there's definitely a lack of some things. There's some stuff to set up. At one point early on, there's, like a, there's a random flashback or a flash to Earth explaining mm-hmm. the system that's got these people in space and if, at first i was fine with it because i kind of liked the, the mood of the flashback or whatever or the or just the scene on earth and i thought it was going to yeah. be a running thing where we kept cutting back to learn more things but it never happened again so in hindsight it's this really awkward one-time scene just for this exposition here's an exposition dump of you know what the ship is and yeah well there's there's one for robert pattinson and there's one for another character and then that's it because i i thought because it's a person being interviewed and been asked about this 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 system, and I thought what was going to happen is that it was going to keep coming back to him, explaining it as if as if, as if almost someone was making a documentary about why they stopped doing this or why it was a bad idea or or something. But it never went back to it. It was just one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be, I, I thought it was going to be something dif- different as well. Like, I thought it was going to be about, uh, like. <laughs> Like exactly what you said, like uh, some kind of justice system thing, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it goes in a bizarre direction. They, they just need Judge Dredd. That's what they need. <laughs> this system's flawed. Which Judge one? <laughs> the one who goes around saying, I am the law. That one. <laughs> law. That one. Um, <laughs> so, so that's just it. Full spoilers. Full spoilers for High Life. Um, good <laughs> we can get into it so here's the thing so so the first like you know 10 minutes it's just him on his own with the baby and it's kind of somber and i was really into it and we get the flashback we get like a random flashback with him as a kid and a dog that's dead and you don't quite get what happened there until later when someone else kind of just says it but you you get that sense and um eventually we do cut back to kind of early on in the ship and we get, you know, the Doctor character, uh, Juliette Binoche's character, Dibs, and the fact that there was other people here. There was, you know, there was a, there was a really weird scene where um, uh, Mia Goth's character, uh, Bo- uh, Boyce, or Boise, uh, has, like, a piece of glass, and she's, like, carving something into the, the wall, and uh, Monty, uh, Robert Pattinson's character, like, has to, like, try and take it out of her hand, and they end up both bleeding from the hand because their, their hands have been holding this glass, and they end up just kind of laughing as if, like, oh, that was fun yeah yeah they're both just kind of bleeding way too much and they've almost murdered each other and it's mm-hmm. like uh it, it kind of becomes endearing for them for some reason I mean, maybe they're just super bored because they've been there for so long yeah they're all convicts i mean that's the thing they all basically get a choice to either they're all on death row they could either go to the, you know the chair or the injection or whatever uh, or they could mm-hmm. give their bodies up to science and go on this this trip, this experiment, because they're going to a black hole to try and like harness energy from the black hole. That's the yeah. that's the gist of it. Um, but we get so we get these flashbacks and almost immediately out of nowhere, because I, I think at first you assume that Juliet Binoche is not one of the convicts because you assume that oh she's a doctor and she's doing experiments like she's clearly yeah she's, she's got a lab coat on she looks she looks like she's not part of the crew yeah and she's making all the all the men go into a little booth and provide semen and she's getting like all these and i think there's maybe a bit of exposition around here where she's doing uh reproduction uh experiments right and i i think naturally you assume that this is just you know an other part of this mission like you know they're, they're testing this in space or, or, or whatever and okay fair enough and mm-hmm. she she with the exception of robert Pattinson's character monte uh who is celibate and he's he's made this choice 
and she seems to kind of be disappointed that he's celibate, but, you know, it's just kind of that, that's all it is in this scene. And then she goes to a place, and this is where the movie takes this turn, where I'm like, I had no idea this movie was about this. Uh, yep. <laughs> she goes into essentially this big cubicle, and there's like a chair in the middle. And she pushes something down, and up through this slit in the middle of the chair pops up this chrome dildo. <laughs> and like I, I did this thing where I kind of sat up and sort of you know just sort of tilted my head and went, wait, 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 what's happening? And she she gets a condom and she puts a condom on the dildo and I'm like, is she about to ride this chair? Why is this on the ship? What's going on? What's happening? And it, so bizarre. And she she gets naked and everything and she she starts like we we get like probably the most erotic like one person love scene I think I've ever seen in a movie where she's just riding. And it this goes chair. on for so long. Yeah, and and she's like you know <laughs> she's got this really long hair, so her hair's like going all over the place, all over her face, and it's it's this super erotic scene, and I'm like. What's, what's happening? And the weird thing is, is I, I don't think much else really ever explained this this room outside of the fact that the convicts are seemingly are prohibited from having sex with each other. So this room just exists for them to go and you know get their get their funk on. Um, yeah. I didn't notice any uh, how, how should I put it male apparatus in the room, but maybe there's something they can use in there too. I I assume so because they went they you know they say that they use it yeah unless. They- they enjoy the dildo also. I mean, they can. I'm not judging. <laughs> you, you can I mean, when that. you're that bored in space, why not try? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting bored because I've been in space for two years. Do you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to shove an eight-inch dildo up my ass. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it's a very weird scene. And like the, she has like this fantasy thing where she's grabbing something that looks like fur, like it, it looks like an animal. Mm. Yeah, uh, but it's clear that she's got the hots for Monty. So here's a little detail about this as well: is this room is after someone's used it, it like it expels fluid. It has like a car wash. Yeah, there's like there's this fluid that comes out the side and it looks like it's like sanitized and this is what's coming out but you know it was this kind of white liquid that i couldn't help but feel like wait <laughs> is this just, it's very suggestive yeah is this just collecting like all the all the the various liquids that have collected in there and because <laughs> no, it all goes into like a like a floor drain it's really gross <laughs> <laughs> i assumed it was soap but it was it was very suggestive that it was something else yeah. i love how they keep up this pretense with the condoms but eventually they're going to run out but they're in space. They've, only got, they've got a limited supply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Pattinson loses like a, a wrench or something in the first scene. And you're mm. like, ooh, he's probably not going to get one of those again. Um, and there is a, like a constant theme here. There's one character who, I don't even know his name, but there's a guy with tattoos who is clearly very horny like all the time. And he's kind of staring at people and is very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, he's he's like a like a voyeur mm. in the beginning like he's he clearly needs something else to be able to get off yeah and, and he, it's not yeah. <laughs> well, what, what a pause off. what a pause <laughs> i love it i love it i don't know what's going on with my camera right now i just i want to apologize <laughs> so hopefully we've solved the technical faults but we're back um you know <laughs> oh let's be honest all this sex talk we have to take a break we have to come back after a little, a little break <laughs> yeah i had to take a quick shower <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so that this character though he gets serious for a second because this character does try and rape someone uh he he try try and rape me a goth character uh boys because some of them are restrained at night presumably the ones who have been playing with glass and it's for their own safety um yeah and he comes in and he starts like you know lifting the covers up and touches her and she kind of wakes up and he's already naked and she kind of you know and the other person in the room is also restrained so she can't do anything so she's also awake and it's kind of a chaotic scene it's a, it's a really well shot scene i think because yeah you get agree. you get this scene this idea that like both her and the other person in the room are helpless that she can't help her no, no you know um and he's very violent as well like, he gets up and punches it's brutal he punches the other uh, woman in the face and, and it's really upsetting and 
uh eventually Patterson and the other guy like come in he's like the one guy is kind of his friends friends with a uh, uh, cherry and he you know he beats them to shit like he he pulverizes his face mm-hmm. uh to sort of put him down and but then they they take off the restraints from the other girls and the girl that he got that he punched in the face takes out mm-hmm. that shard of glass and murders him yeah and it's kind of satisfying because it's a gross scene <laughs> yeah, no it is, it is oddly kind of satisfying and i think that's maybe the point is that it makes you hate him that much that you're kind of like happy that she just stabbed him in the neck you know it's you're mm-hmm. uh, and it's very brutal and visceral and it's effective in what it's doing um and i, I think i think part of the point is is that like we're kind of losing our own humanity with these characters as we're going um and it's not so much that he doesn't deserve it because he does kind of deserve it like as, as much as anything can deserve that uh but you know it's like it is brutal there's there's no like you know thought process about his punishment this is just straight up an instant gratifying revenge yeah. that's all this yeah. is um i mean don't get me wrong is this is as good a person as any to do it to but <laughs> like you know I, I think when you think about it from a logical point of view when you think about humanity it's like yeah, this is kind of like how far gone they are. Like something this extreme just happened. Yeah, and it also has. I guess, that... but they're also all criminals. We know that. Yeah, they're all, you know, they're in space at this point for like four years or something, if not more. Yeah, and it hints at Patterson's past here as well, because the way he beats this guy up, because uh, we find out eventually he killed his friend as a kid because his friend killed his dog. So you almost get the sense that he's. This is how he unleashed, and he stops himself from going you know, from finishing here, but. Yeah, you, know, you get the sense that this is exactly what happened before, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it's playing with these things, and because we find out Binoche, like she killed her own children. That, yeah, that's her backstory. I think that's what I was bringing up earlier about her backstory is that she killed her whole family, but she's obsessed with reproduction. This whole time, she's been trying to get somebody to have a baby, but they're not allowed to conceive themselves. And here's here's where I had some questions: is like. Why does anyone follow what she says and agree to do any of this? And why does drugs? <laughs> it is. Uh, is it she's okay? handing out pills. Sure. Yeah. You're, you're right. Actually, yeah. She kind of gives them afterwards as like a payment. Yeah. You're right. Um. Yeah. Okay. She's 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 got a way to force them. Um. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if it would be enough, but I mean, because the, the, the other question I have is, okay, why does she have access to all this equipment? Why is this even on the on the ship? Yeah, I thought about that too. Like, why would they even have an incubator? Yeah, it's for a baby. It's interesting, unless it's some kind of planned experiment. Yeah, so so there's definitely some logic questions there that don't quite add up, and um, but the big thing is she's obsessed with Patterson, and uh, she basically gets so into it one night herself, and she's sort of like in the mood shall we say that we actually do have another like a proper rape scene where she rapes Rob yeah. Patterson she actually drugs them all in their, their drinking water so they're all sedated at night and mm-hmm. it comes in and it's this very uh, somber sick. scene I mean it's, it's sick yeah but it's got a very kind yeah. of like in comparison with the other scene where it's violent and brutal and there's punching and there's screaming this is very quiet this is very you know this is the the not the silent killer but you know like she, she's very like yeah. unassuming like, you don't necessarily assume she's dangerous and this is like a very sly attack i don't know she did a pretty good job of playing crazy the whole time and like you didn't really trust her oh yeah the, her performance is good like you know Benosh's performance and patterson the, the, the actresses mm-hmm. are they're pretty both good. great yeah um and it's actually kind of awkward because it, it cuts from the end of this scene to the first time we cut to uh, like because when the baby grows up we actually get scenes of her as a teenager and it cuts mm-hmm. to like the teenage daughter lying on his chest and it's kind of a really weird awkward gross cut because it's like we go from you know Benosh like having raped him to like him holding his daughter who's like 14 or whatever age she is oh I don't know if I made that connection that it was his daughter I thought it was just another prisoner oh really yeah yeah, because this is, this is his daughter. I mean, admittedly, yeah, he doesn't look, look his age that much. Uh, but this is the I daughter. I think I wasn't expecting yeah. his his daughter to be a teenager. I was still expecting a baby, so I must have thought that it was it's cause he, that it was just another prisoner. Because the first thing he says is, uh, "You're you're you're too heavy for this now," and kicks her out. Uh, oh, okay. So that's clearly implying, I think, that this is the daughter, and it's the same actress from later who's who's definitely his daughter. 
Um, uh, mm. There's like some okay. blood in the sheets implying she's she's starting to have her period. Um, I presume this is the first time because there's an element of like surprise on his face when he sees it. Um, yeah. Uh, and I actually got really worried here because the, the, th- the movie was so much about sex and there'd be multiple rape scenes by this point where I was like, where is this going? Like, I, I, yeah. am, I am worried about where this is ending up. Uh, and it didn't go any any further down that path, uh, luckily. But I, I was trying to connect, like, Benoshi's motivations to, like, her past and what she's doing, you know, and was it about guilt? Was it about anything else? And I don't think it was. I, I couldn't. <laughs> well, she said she was trying to create the perfect baby, the perfect specimen. Mm. And with just the genes that she had on the on the ship with all the passengers there. And, uh, but I, I couldn't really quite make the connection either. I kept trying, like maybe her kids weren't perfection. So she keeps trying to make, cause she, I mean, she's crazy. So who knows? Yeah. But I, I think that's part of the problem is that we can't really decide like a defined motivation or even yeah. just what, what our clear goal is beyond just making a baby like the, okay, then what? Like what? step number two? Like, what? Where do we go from there? Um, it's it's really hard. And you know, one by one, the characters die. Like his his friend buries himself in the garden. Uh, the one the the pilot uh, who's going to ride this little shuttle into the black hole. Um, she actually gets killed by Mia, who shovels her to death. You know, with a, you yeah. Know, um, we don't see it admittedly, but you know, it's implied, and then she's the one in the ship, and she goes through a process when she gets to the black hole. Uh, called spaghetti. This was a cool scene. Yeah, this is a very cool scene. And I think maybe this is one of the things that's also lacking for the movie is there's not enough of this really cool, like, dark, broody sci-fi stuff where this scene where she goes into the black hole and her face, like, stretches out and then pops is, like, yeah. super, like, ethereal and it feels like she's messing with forces she can't possibly understand. And Yeah. Uh, I I want to know what, what that looks like when somebody goes through a black hole. <laughs> and they said this is, like, a small one. You yeah. know, and it was messing with, uh, you know, with physics when you get that close to the event horizon. So, like, I I like that they showed that that what, mm. you know, it's I completely not accurate, of course, but I just like that the filmmakers had the balls to show something that yeah. there was a consequence for doing it. Yeah, I liked um the the, the idea. If we go back to the whole like phallic and sex themes going through the movie the idea of going through the black hole is, is kind of sexual in it, almost in the way it's presented here hmm. yeah yeah i guess it's uh i don't know i i i don't know if i see that though because he it happens again later yeah and i don't see anything sexual about here, here's my argument here's that. my argument about the second scene my argument here is that sex is this forbidden thing in the movie where they're not allowed to do it and the few times that it happens uh, are rape and it's the idea that mm-hmm. the closer they, they get to temptation if they give into it then it does just every single time it leads to madness something horrible you know whatever right it, you know it leads to basically the unraveling of the of the of them as people it leads to the unraveling yeah. of, of their entire humanity and Monty's the one character who is actively trying to abstain from it. He's actively yeah. trying to... They call him a monk. Yeah, to stay away from it. And he he's only involved in some way because he's he's forced, he's tricked into it. He doesn't even know it's his daughter until Benoche tells him before she jumps out of the airlock. Um, and the way I'm kind of reading this is that he he is so scared of doing it, either because he doesn't think he... he deserves it or he because he thinks that he he associates it with madness and like giving in or he associates with, with with whatever i think you could probably write an essay and why he doesn't want to but i think the arc of the movie for him is that him getting into the black hole at the end is accepting that he has to take that risk <laughs> and i think in some ways his daughter being someone he actually cares about even if it wasn't his choice to do it is kind of like living proof that it's not necessarily always a bad thing um and i'm wondering if that's why the scene with her period is kind of important because it's kind of like you know the the gateway to a, a young woman being sexually active right i mean not in the literal sense but it's representative of she's getting to that point in her life 
And I'm wondering. Yeah, you should really write a paper about this. And I'm wondering if that's why he's like he's like surprised, maybe slightly worried when he sees that. He's worried that now she's going to be thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I thought it was more because the end, uh, she convinces him to go into this other black hole. Like it'll be fine. Like it's bigger, and you know there's no fire ring on this one, so we'll Mm -hmm. be safe. And I thought that he wanted to do that because he didn't see any other end to their situation. So why not take the plunge? Well, and she's become an adult now, and he doesn't really need to... He's past the point where he has to constantly take care of her. I think everything you're saying right now coexists with what I said. Because the idea that it's inevitable that you're going to give into your urge eventually, the idea that that's the only end you see, right... That relates there. And the idea that she's partly making this a decision herself as well because she's an adult and she can also consent to doing this. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, and I could be talking complete okay. nonsense. I could be reading into this in ways that... I mean, no, I, I think you're perfectly justified to, to make these connections because the whole theme of this movie is just sex. Yeah. Like, there's, it's just so... It's so much of it and it's in your face. Like, it's unavoidable. Like, it has to be important. Yeah. Go, to go, the overall story going into a vagina is akin to entering a black hole <laughs> this, is, this isn't a million miles away from uh from altered states and the type of sexual experience that he would go through <laughs> i don't think my rating is going to be very millions of miles away from that either <laughs> oh, oh, oh dear um I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, like, I wasn't even necessarily thinking this as I was watching it. I'm just like, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm thinking about it and the sexual themes and how does it relate to actually what he's going through because it does feel like there's some things that feel kind of separate, right? In, in th- a thematic mm-hmm. sense. Uh, I, I did, I, I don't entirely get the, the whole point of um, they find a second ship that's identical to theirs. and Oh my God, this is so weird. And it's o- like a prison puppy ship. <laughs> and the only thing on the <laughs> ship is are, are dogs who have been basically eating each other to stay alive. And the daughter wants to bring back a puppy. She's like, hey, there's a young one. Let's bring the puppy back and, you know, we can have a new bit of life on the ship. And he's adamant, no, it could be dangerous. We're not doing it. And obviously he had this this bit, part of his history where his dog died and it made him unleash. And I think part of why he's saying, no, we're not doing this, is he's worried that if something happens to it, that he, she'll see him for who he thinks he really is. Uh Without him realizing, of course, that his own daughters kind of replaced the puppy or the dog that he had, like the idea that he cares about yeah. her, the say or, or not, more so identity. even, yeah, like because yeah. he takes on the name Monty because he said that's the name of his dog and his dog mm-hmm. raised him. Yeah, um, you know the idea that like maybe he's not realized this, but if something happens to her, that's why he's going to flip out. That's why he's going to become who he is. Um, yeah. And I think so much of it is accepting who we are as humanity and what drives us and what enrages us and basically what the, the, the isolation of space does to these people. And obviously they're not mm-hmm. all healthy individuals to begin with. So then you put them in this situation, everything gets worse. Uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a, a neat idea that if you're going to send people on a suicide mission into space, to send people who don't have much to live for anyway because they're on death row. But then how can you trust a ship full of criminals? You cannot. <laughs> so Well, no, the one way they Why have, would you ever do something like that? The one way they have to try and get to trust them is that they've got the life support rigged to turn off every twenty four hours unless they report in with a message. Yeah. Although they do acknowledge that the message will take years to get back to Earth. The computer just needs to acknowledge that it's received one. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. turn the life support back on, uh, which I like. I like that. I think the problem with that though is I like that in a mood setter when it first happens and he goes and you know dictates to the computer. He's like, "Hey, like you know everything's as normal when he jets and things, and he jettisons all the dead bodies because the movie starts after everyone else is dead, and then we yeah. cut back afterwards." But I think the problem with this scene, even though I love the tone of it, is that it set up the idea that eventually we may actually get into, not even necessarily see who they're sending messages to even though I thought we might because we were getting bits on Earth like for that one scene, it was more that if you're going to keep doing this and keep like you're sending messages back to someone, the idea, the mystery of what they're doing with the information feels like it should be a, a part of the film, right? Where the, the characters yeah. themselves might theorize what are they doing with this? How are they using this information? Why do they care? What is, the, is it insidious? 
you know. It felt insidious. It does. Like a lot of this movie did. Just like it was setting up something, something bigger. But I, if if it was and it delivered, I didn't. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, fair. but I liked all the stuff that you said about it. Um, and I I really wanted to like it. I really wanted to like this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I I think I do still like it's still it's very ethereal. It's almost dreamlike. It's disgusting, but it's also kind of beautiful. Um, I love all the acting. They're great. And I, I just I like a weird sci-fi movie that takes chances. Yeah, and it's, it's very it's a slow burn. It's pretty. It's very art house. It's, it's slow burn, everything. but it, it's very interesting still. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, that's definitely not a complaint from me. I love any slow burn. I, I like that it lingers yeah. on shots. I like that it it takes time to set a mood. Um, mm-hmm. And the performances are very good. I, I think I, I would maybe tidy up the script a little bit to make its intentions a bit clearer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Would be my one thing. But, uh, yeah, it, I wanted to, lo- I like it. I wanted to love it. And I thought, it, like, the first five minutes, I was like, I think I might end up loving this. This may end up being like a, mm-hmm. a modern classic. And then by the time it ended, I was like, well, that was good. <laughs> but, you know. A under, little weird. Under the Skin's better. 2001 Space Odyssey, better. Moon and Sunshine plus Sex Chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how much they cost on eBay. <laughs> you is think that, you're going to space? Is that a, is that appreciate them? <laughs> Do you think they have one on the mirror? Probably not. Do they have one with a mirror? No, <laughs> on the mirror or on the International Space Station. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what, not so mirror. You, so, so you so you can see your groin as your. God damn no! <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they do have offer that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's something. I mean, it's something that happens on the station, right? Like they have to relieve themselves once in a while. I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm sure the female astronauts are fine, but <laughs> like, the best thing. I bet they actually have to talk about it. I bet there has to be like a, a strict protocol. It's like, hey, yeah, we, yeah, we have to do this. We understand that. But you can't let your semen be floating around, so you have yeah. to you you have to like you know there has to be like a procedure that you take care of it. Yeah, and you can't have sex in space because you can't get pregnant in space. It's so dangerous. Oh, of course, no yeah. gravity. Yeah. yeah, it's a risk. Yeah, which is why everyone <laughs> has to be <laughs> taking care of themselves in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, I like how we started off really silly with the jokes and then we get into really serious conversation once we got to the, the darker stuff and the themes and whatnot. And then we we've sort of came back around uh, to yep, to how, how did they release themselves in the space It's the most station. memorable, bizarre scene of the movie. So, Yep. Yep, yep. So, should we rate it? Oh, dear. Think it's well, that, time. That scene? <laughs> Just the one scene? Well, we should talk about the ending. We should talk about the ending before we rate it. Because the... You know, they, oh, I thought we did. Yeah. Because they, they, make, they make this choice to go on the, the little shuttle and fly into the big black hole. And they... It's kind of like they're approaching this yellow light. And then there's, there's almost like a scene afterwards where it feels like they've been through it. And... It was starting to feel a little interstellar where it's like, okay, we're in this other space now and there's this yellow light in front of us, this yellow line of light. It's like, yeah, it's a line. I thought maybe they're like in some kind of two dimension yeah. instead of because they're entering the black hole. And, I don't know. But I, th- I think it's more meant to be like a, a representation of them just choosing together to walk in because they hold hands and walk yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the completion of his arc uh, that he's willing to, to try something with someone, essentially. Yeah. Because uh, you know, I think you could argue that he, he was hesitant to ever be attached to anyone because he knows the pain of them of losing them. That's part of his character. Well, sure. Plus, the whole thing where he killed the girl happened when he was so young, mm. and he's probably been in prison or juvie his whole life, yep. never really being able to get attached to anybody. We never actually get to find out what most of the other prisoners what their crimes were exactly. Yeah, I mean that's okay. It's not really their story, but yeah. Maybe it would have made things a bit more interesting. 
I think so, maybe. It was kind of a tease because we got his backstory through flashback and uh, the young lady who explodes in the shuttlecraft. Yeah, Mia Goth's character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get a flashback for her where she's like a, just a drifter on a train. It's not really a whole lot of backstory, but we get some kind of flashback for her. And then yeah. nobody else. It, it felt well, weird structurally because it just kind of ends there. I, was like, I thought it was going to be more of each of these backstories. I thought, or either, either there's going to be one for everyone or there's going to be more of these two. And it's going to be like a running thing because they're the two main characters kind of thing. Yeah. And it never did. It never did But that. they weren't really. Like, she was the one who carried the, the baby. And uh, then uh, what, once the baby was born, she didn't even get to to do anything she didn't even get to breastfeed oh that's right that's the last scene we need to talk about uh is the scene where she's just sitting there and she's got she's covered in milk like her you know her breasts are lactating and she's yeah. just milky and it's very disturbing looking um and again i think like you know a lot of this movie to go go back to the sex themes there's a lot of fluid imagery in this you know we go back to the the, the, the sex room or the masturbation room like you, you know you know, filtering out its liquids, and then you you look at this this milk scene, and the liquids are very similar color. Like you know, it's, it's going for, it's, thematically, there's some similar connections yeah. being made here. Um, and then there's you know, there's there's literally a little jars of semen at one point where she's like taking them like off them when they're coming out the little room. Yeah, it's a it's a weird scene, but it it kind of helps with her motivation as to why she wanted to get off the the spaceship. Yeah, because she she didn't want to have a kid. She she was dead set against yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I hope I hope somewhere in between the silly sex jokes there was some <laughs> some insightful conversation happening in there. Uh, Tara, if you would like to try and rate the film, uh, you you can. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a bizarre one. Um. Because I think overall, I just don't quite get it, which means it's it's either a failure of me or a failure of the movie. And Probably I you. think maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I got my looks. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I, but it is beautiful to look at, and it's it's a real interesting film either way i was totally engaged the whole time even during the bizarre stuff especially during the bizarre stuff i like when movies take chances and this one definitely does so but i think i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go five on this one five. yeah hmm i that's a tough one to rate because i i think ultimately it fails to kind of do what it sets out to do and because of that it's not great but mm -hmm. like you say it's engaging as if you like this type of movie it's engaging like almost the whole time uh, there's some great imagery in there some beautiful imagery especially the space stuff there's some great acting i like the music uh and the overall kind of tone and mood of the film uh, mm -hmm. a lot I, I think the technical qualities are really there but there is kind of this 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 lack of clicking because it does feel like certain elements just need to have a bit more meat in the bone, uh, or be more better defined. But I think I'm going to be a bit more generous than you, okay? And, and go with a six point five. Yeah, I'm going to change mine to a five point five. I want to be more on the positive end. <laughs> just a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go five point five. 5.5. Yeah. 5.5 and 6.5. Averaging out to a 6 out of 10. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go order my uh, my sex room now because now I know one exists. Like, <laughs> Make sure you get the one with the mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, oh, Jesus. It's, do, do you know the thing is, though, is it really does come out of nowhere. She goes into that room... And she pulls the thing up, and it's just this big metal dildo. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? And you know, yeah. like, that—that's the reaction. And then you know, it's a very slow like, build-up. But she puts the condom on and gets ready and sits on it. And like, I just like, I'm like, it is a total what the hell is happening in this movie? 
It, if yeah. there were several other sex things before now, it wouldn't feel that weird, but it's just like... <laughs> yeah, it's totally out of nowhere. This is the movie's chestbuster scene. <laughs> Gross. You're like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. A lot of blood and semen. I mean, we can do this. Um, yeah. I do think, you know, if, if you're interested in science fiction, that you should watch this. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess that'll, that'll more or less wrap us up. Uh, and we can, you know, tell you to, to tell us what you think of the movie in the comments. Uh, we always appreciate that. <laughs> you can like and subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. And you can also... What, what can they do, Tara, actually? What, I've not made you do the, the thing in a bit. Go on. <laughs> okay. You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash mildfuzztv where you can donate as little as a dollar per month. And it gets you additional content from the Ace, including something new that we recorded that's going to be coming out in May, a special bonus episode. So make sure you donate $1 and you get to see our bonus episode, which is a lot of fun. I mean, this episode will be me as well, because it's, it's like the 29th of April. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Before we go, though, we have a bonus segment, which I totally forgot to mention in the intro, uh, so hopefully people stuck around. But we do have a bonus section now, where we talk about an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Every week, me and Tara get together, we watch Mystery Science Theater, uh, and she, being the, the expert and the one who's seen like most of the episodes, picks a classic and I endure it for the first time. Uh, tell us, what <laughs> movie did we watch this time, Tara? We watched the classic Japanese science fiction film, Prince of Space. Classic, Would you, you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> classic, It is a <laughs> superhero science fiction film with aliens that sort of look like chickens, but they're humans. Uh, the main alien's name is Crankor. <laughs> I'm glad you're telling me all this because unlike Werewolf, I'm having a hard time remembering what the real plot of this was. Yeah, it's kind of a, a Goonies meets Goonies. I don't know. <laughs> messed up Japanese movie. Goonies? What did the Goonies come out of it? There's a bunch of kids in it. It's like a kid squad who are trying to like the kids are there to, to save their planet, to save their country. And they're all connected to like some of them are orphans and some of them have dads who are famous scientists and physicists, rocket scientists, and the aliens from the planet Crankor, whose villain is or leader is also called Crankor, <laughs> are abducting the scientists because they need them to make, mm-hmm. I think, nuclear weapons or nuclear power. I just don't remember the kids being that big of a factor. I remember a lot of the scientists... You don't remember the kids? I remember. The kids are the ones that have the connection with Prince of Space. He gives them the dial. There's the kid who likes it very much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember the kids being there. I remember because they're the shoe shiners. Uh, or... Boot. Oh, what was it again? Boot blackers? Boot, boot blacking, they yeah, called it. Yeah, that's what they called it. Uh, but, you know, this, this horrible father is using his children as, like, free slave labor, basically. Uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, I remember that, and yeah, as you said, there's the horrible dubbing at one point where, uh, where the kid says that. But um, yeah, I think there's definitely some goofy elements in this movie, and the the, the chicken costumes on the the aliens are pretty hilarious. Um, and they don't wear underwear. They don't wear underwear. They're just free balling. That's right. You can clearly <laughs> tell they're not wearing underwear because their junk is just kind of, you know, visible. there's a reason why we wear underwear, folks. It's not. It's not just because. It's more comfortable for that area. There's there's a, a practical reason. What do you think of it? Prince's face. Oh, it was terrible. It was absolute garbage. <laughs> um, it, 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 like I think Werewolf, I had more fun with because like there's a lot more moments now that I I, I, I found memorable. This one, I felt mm-hmm. like there's some funny like just general elements to it. Like uh, like whenever there's a chase scene and there's like an action scene, it is just two people running after each other. And it's just all these long shots of people running and chasing, and it, it has no energy. It has no, no sense of uh, excitement or anything like that. It's it's just dull, uh, yeah, in a funny way. Yeah. 
Uh, there is one really good joke though uh, that I really liked from from the, the Mystery Science Theater guys uh, towards the end when they've got like all the scientists in a room and they're kind of in like a sort of forum on a stage, but they're at the other end of this fairly long room, and the aliens start like talking about what they're going to do for them, what they're going to demand of them, and they start the the Mystery Science Theater guys start just dubbing the scientists like, wait, what do you say? What's happening? What? What's going on? <laughs> After every time he says something else, they just keep saying that, and that, that was really cracking well, me up. It's because the the scientist character in the film, like the the aliens have said something to him, and he goes, "What?" And then he, <laughs> he says something. The alien says something else, and then the same guy goes, "What was that? <laughs> what did he say?" Yeah, and so they kind of keep that going. Yeah, it keeps going. Um, no, I mean, it was, it was entertaining. It, it was definitely one that I think I needed the uh, the the jokes over to make it work. Because I think Werewolf, we could all just watch that Werewolf. Werewolf is funny on its own. Yeah. You're right. Um, this one needed the help a little bit. Um, Although the Prince of Space costume is pretty funny on its own every time you oh see it. Oh my god, it's... It looks like, like a cosplay that a mom's made for a 10-year-old. Yeah, for like a school play or something. Yeah. It looks cheap as shit. Like it is the cheapest thing I've ever yeah. seen. But he's supposed to be this big ad badass superhero. And mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I don't even There's know. also a running gag that um Princess Face tells the aliens very early on that their weapons are useless against him. But they keep using the weapons anyway. <laughs> Throughout the entire movie, the entire like two hour stretch of the film. They still keep using the weapons against yes. him, and but the important part here that makes it funny is that every time they do it, he reminds them again: "Your weapons <laughs> will have no effect on me." <laughs> Although there are parts where Princess Base tries to duck and avoid them, <laughs> he he must say, "Your weapons will have no effect on me," like at least ten times. Yes, yeah, must your weapons do. are useless. Must, do. but scared the crap out of me anyway. <laughs> That's one of the jokes. Uh, I love Princess Space. It's a season eight episode, which is the season where I started watching the show. So I think that one in particular has a lot of nostalgia for me. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but to go along with the movie we just talked about, um, this had like the the, the actual, you know, on the ship, uh, on the station, they go through (laughs) a wormhole in this episode. Oh yeah, you're right. Which oddly thematically links it with the movie High Life. So... (laughs) You know, credit. This is that wormhole it. scene is, I think, one of the best little sketches, like in between the movies that they've ever done. God. It's really well done, I think. Set it up for the audience. What happened? It's the uh, okay. So they go through a wormhole, and the three main characters come out at alternating times, but they're on different timelines. So Tom Servo will say something, answering a question to a something that Mike hasn't asked yet, and then Crow will come in, and he's like 30 or maybe 10 seconds behind everybody else and it but it goes on for a few minutes this way where they're just kind of talking in circles and it all makes sense if you like follow if you follow along (laughs) but it's really well done it's well executed well written and it's funny so yeah that was good it was good the skits i actually have to say having watched only early episodes before this Mm -hmm. outside of the, the some of the netflix stuff um the skits seem better I think it's just, I think Mike's really good. I think okay. he's a really good host. He's real comfortable. He has a different relationship with the robots than Joel does. Like the robots for Joel are almost like children. Mm. And you they, they love him. You get a ram but... chip. A what? A ram chip. He feeds them ram chips in the early episodes. For, for oh, being good. yeah, yeah. You're right, ram you're chips. right. Um, but the relationship with the bots and Mike is very different. Mike's just kind of like this other guy who's shown up and is not their dad so they have like a more um antagonistic approach mm. which i think works really well for comedy yeah um so yeah not as good as werewolf i, th- I think werewolf's definitely the, the better of the two and i'm sure I'll yeah i know sure. i'm starting to wonder if i should have started with uh with, with wolf or not like set the bar so high <laughs> yeah um well i don't know we'll find out what number three is going to be <laughs> So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, uh, so 
I guess that wraps us up. There's, there's your, your bonus segment for, for the week's episode. Um, it is worth mentioning that um, we'll have these in most of the weekly episodes, but every so often if we have to bank some episodes, so we have to record more than one in one week. We're not going to watch like mm-hmm. multiple Mystery Science theaters, so that each episode has its own. It is so, a two-hour commitment. So, so. <laughs> so there will be episodes that don't have them occasionally, uh, and like the bonus ones on Patreon won't have them. Uh, kind of thing but we we enjoy doing it so um i have no idea what the next one's going to be what tara's going to pick mm-hmm. but i'm sure she'll tell me after we start there was going. a suggestion today in the live stream oh we could that? do that mm, okay okay so uh that is the that is the show uh so i already plugged everything but uh thanks once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it uh keep watching sci-fi movies and computer That's salsa. Yum, yum.